What is up, guys? Welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm your host, Herman Lin. This is the show that helps make fitness and nutrition way simpler and more realistic so that you can improve your physical health without sacrificing your mental health. If you're new to the show and you enjoy it, hit subscribe after the episode so that you know when future episodes come out. Also, if you are looking to drop some body fat, improve some muscle definition, and just generally improve your health and fitness, I am running a Black Friday special on all one-on-one coaching. So you're going to get 50% off your first 60 days of coaching if you sign up this week. This is a structured program that is going to give you the workouts that are guaranteed to build you muscle and you're going to get accountability. You're going to get the nutrition tools to help you achieve your goals. But most importantly, you are going to get the education and the support to be able to turn this into lifelong results that don't go away after the 60 days. So it is not a quick fix program. If you're looking for that, this is not for you. This is for somebody who wants to make sustainable change for the long run. So if you're interested, email me at hermanlinwellness at gmail.com or shoot me a DM at wise and well coaching on Instagram. This is the only time of the year that I offer discounts on the coaching services and this deal will expire this Friday at midnight. So don't miss out. All right. Enjoy the show. You have a very interesting story yourself. Um, that I definitely want to start with because I feel like you've kind of been through the gauntlet of it all when it comes to diets and weight and fat loss and all these things. So who could possibly be a better expert than someone who has seen the extremes of both sides multiple times, right? So do you want to just kind of start with really kind of, I'm sure you've given this spiel a million times, but what are what are the important notes to highlight of your personal journey? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love sharing it. I feel like, um, you know, through my own crazy journey and mistakes, um, you know, I'm able to resonate or, you know, people resonate with me. Um, they can relate to me and hopefully, you know, through sharing my experience, I can help prevent, you know, everyone from making the same mistakes I did, or at least as many as I did. Um, so in a nutshell, I spent probably, you know, from puberty onwards, probably two decades of my life, like overweight or with the mindset of I have to lose weight, like just hyper focused on my body, really, really uncomfortable, Um, you know, just bouncing from diet to diet, Um, you know, wearing like, you know, at high school, wearing winter jackets in class because I was trying to hide my body, things like that. Like it was just, it was rough. Um, You know, I dealt with an eating disorder for about a decade. Mm. Um, so I ticked that off my list. I'm well recovered now, but, um, you know, I had joined gyms. I had had doctors, um, you know, when I told them that I thought I had an eating disorder, give me diet pills. You know, it's one, it's just a stimulant that's no longer even on the market. It actually ended up giving me, um, anxiety and an ulcer, which was not great. Um, you know, so it's like I had the worst advice, you know, there wasn't really people like us, I guess, at that, at that point who could kind of guide you in a better way. Um, you know, so I, you know, went to spas and got my stomach wrapped. I, I signed up for some, I think it was a raw food diet where all I was allowed to eat was vegetables. Like, I mean, you name it, I did it. Um, fast forward to, my early thirties, you know, through that time I'd had little stints where I would join the gym and really see the benefit from it, love it, but it just didn't stick. You know, it was like, I'd be on it and then I'd fall off. So yeah. I'd gotten a glimpse of, you know, Hey, I could really do this, but kept falling off. Um, in my early thirties, I had joined a gym again. And keep in mind at this point, I was like outside smoking cigarettes before I went into the gym. Like I was I was at the gym. I was still leading my, you know, probably still uh, hung over from the night before. <laughs> like, I had like a black belt in partying at the point in my life. Um, and, you know, I met a group of people. Um, they were all into bodybuilding. So, mm. you know, being the person that I am, I'm not the type who would just, you know, oh, let me just do a couple little exercises here. No, let me become a bodybuilder as well. So I went on fast forward to lose about a hundred pounds. 
um, and got on a bodybuilding stage. Um, the original journey that I took, the coach I had at that time, was very deep rooted in bro science. You know, I, mm. I did all the six meals a day, like twice daily cardio. Like basically I was like emaciated. I was, um, I was not in a great state. Um, I continued to do a couple more shows. And the last one I did, I found a coach who introduced me to flexible dieting. That was the first time I'd ever had someone tell me like, you can, you know, you can eat that food that you like. Like you can have a sandwich. You don't have to have cold egg whites when you can't find a microwave. Like, <laughs> all of these things. Um, and I actually went on to win that show. I was in a much more positive space. Um, mind you, I was still obviously in bodybuilding, but um, I won overall on that show, which was incredible. So I ticked that off my list. Um, and then, you know, after that, met my husband, my now husband. And when I fell pregnant, I gained 70 pounds. So I was what felt like almost back at the drawing board, but I saw it as an opportunity to lose weight the way I wish I had the first time around. Because the first time was very, they say, restrictive dieting, mm. um, which clearly wasn't sustainable long term. So, you know, I did it slow and steady. Um, at that point, I already had a coaching business and stuff. I, I became an online fitness coach. Um, COVID made me pivot more there. But yeah, since then, I'd lost 70 pounds postpartum um, and I'm kind of living my best life. You know, I, I'm not lean by any means, um, but I'm fit, healthy. I'm, you know, where my body's at right now is kind of helping me be fit and healthy, but also live my best life and have you know, frozen yogurt with my son when he asks for it and stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 That, um, <clears throat> you started by saying that you, you want to help people avoid the same mistakes. And I was just smiling. Cause I was just thinking about like, what percent of us are doing this for that exact reason, right? <laughs> Is it's, 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 it's almost weird that the amount of people you hear that are like, yeah, I did it all wrong that you wonder like, can you even actually get to this point without messing up in the first place? Right. You kind of had to like learn some of those things the hard way, which uh, hopefully we prevent some people, but it is, you know, th there's a reason why, why you kind of end up here too. But going back, you, so you became a bodybuilder. <laughs> at, you lost a hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, walking. So did you decide to become a bodybuilder and then lose a hundred pounds or did you lose a hundred pounds and then threw out there? The other way around. So I had already lost, like, so I hadn't already decided to do the show yet. I gotten more into the lifestyle. I was at the gym with like friends. I think I'd lost maybe 30, 35 pounds, um, just from, you know, not, not doing what I was already doing. I just started working out more. Um, I was at that point kind of, you know, eating quinoa instead of rice. Like I was trying to make these yeah. choices, not realizing I didn't know anything about calories at that point. I was just trying to, you know, get the healthier version of chips or, or prepare more meals at home. I stopped eating out as much, things like that. Um, so I gotten so far. And then when I set the show date, um, you know, again, the coach I had probably would have been in a better place to tell me like, you know, maybe we should just take this off slowly and then consider this in a couple of years or do a building phase. But he's like, no, you'll be ready in 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you lost a hundred pounds in 12 weeks. Not, no. So I'd already lost like 30 to 40. And then like that last bit. Yeah. It was literally like it was 12 or 16 weeks until this stage. Um, I When I say I was probably eating like 800, 900 calories a day, like it was... I did not look muscular on stage. Wow. Minus so, weapons, but, um, so how long did it take you to lose a hundred overall? I'd say probably like a year, year and a half. Okay. And then and those last bit, like the photos, if you like, I have them posted on social media. If you see like the before and the after from there, it is, it's insane. Um, That's wild. Yeah. That is wow. Well, I was tired. So, <laughs> I bet. And so before that, before this whole phase where you, you said, all right, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. Like, did you, in your head, did you believe that you could lose the weight if you wanted to, you just weren't, you just weren't willing to make the lifestyle change or like, did you kind of not even believe that you could actually do it until that moment? I, I don't think I ever 
truly believe that that could ever be me, that yeah. I would be someone that people are asking fitness advice from. Like, you know, I, I know, like if you'd asked me back then, I would be laughing. I mean, yeah. the gym, I failed gym, almost failed gym in school. You know, I used to get pulled into the office from my gym teacher. Like if he saw me today, he'd be like, what? Like it's crazy. Um, yeah. But it was like once I started losing the weight, especially when I got into the, um, like the countdown to the show. And it was like, despite it being extremely restrictive, it was that one point in my life where I saw the result of what consistency provided. Like I was doing what I was supposed to do each day. And I was like, oh my God, if you actually stay consistent every day, you get Mm. results. And I know you can read it, but until it actually hits, it's like this aha moment. Um, You know, was it sustainable? No. But um, at that point, you know, I realized like, oh yeah, I can do this. And then I just took it all the way. Um, It was over, like it was consuming. It was my entire life. It was all I spoke about. It was all I, you know what I mean? Like I was just, very deeply involved in that lifestyle. So um, I'm sure there's many people around me that are glad that I'm not into that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that last piece is, is very relatable. Cause I think, you know, the same thing for me that I didn't, I didn't lose a hundred pounds to become a bodybuilder by any means, but you know, it was a very similar to kind of, I think like some of the, your later part of your story where I, I just feel like I, you know, I was an athlete in high school. I, gained a little bit of weight in college, nothing crazy, freaked me out. Right. And then I just kind of got obsessed with this idea of like not getting fat, you know? Um, and that's what, that's where most people kind of are, right. Is like, you're just trying to avoid food. You're, you, you avoid the ingredients or the foods that everybody demonizes and says makes you people fat. And then you try to burn as many calories as you can with all the hit classes. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think in my head, I don't think like I ever thought that, oh yeah, you know, like I could be someone that goes in the gym and just consistently builds muscle. Like that wasn't like a reality. It was just kind of like, well, yeah, that's, I know that some fitness people do that, right? Like personal trainers do that and bodybuilders. And it's just, it's weird because in your head, when you're, when you're thinking like that, it feels so far away, right? That you could ever have a lifestyle like that. And then when you start doing it, you're like, I could have literally just started this like five years ago. (laughs) No problem. You know? Um, and it is, it's, I think, I think as extreme as that sounds, what you did, you know, the, there's obviously benefit that came from that because you, you definitely saw like, Hey, if I am disciplined, the math works, right? (laughs) Like I can manipulate my weight. I can change what I eat. Um, you probably don't want to do it the same way again, but that probably opened up like a whole world of possibilities in your head and showed you that you truly are in control. Exactly. Yeah. And it's translated into other areas of my life, you know, business and things like that. Like it's as much as it was, it's something I would never do again. Um, you know, and if I could rewrite it, it'd be nice to have done it the more flexible way the first time where I actually, yeah. had, you know, more than 800 calories a day, but um, but yeah, I'm grateful for the experience because it, it did, it taught me the power of discipline. Um, I mean, it taught me how to build balanced meals. I mean, bro science, that's the one benefit, you know, I knew how to put together a protein starch and vegetables. So like it's mm-hmm. automatic now. Right. Um, so just like simple things like that. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's certainly things that if you look at bodybuilders and bro science and all those things, and we make fun of it a lot, but they're, it, they're almost, it's the extreme version of the truth right? It's the reality is like, you just don't have to take it as far as they do to live a normal, healthy life and have a good amount of muscle and be strong. If you want to look like them, maybe to some degree, but I still think that a lot of them, you people would say that they take it to extremes that don't, they don't even need to, you know? Um, but there's, there's certainly, there's certainly some benefits out of it. Like they, they do believe in protein and whole foods and balanced meals, like you said. Right. So, um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you learned a lot. So coming, coming out of it, then did you have, did your coach help you like reverse diet out of it? Or did you just kind of go straight back to where you were or how did that work? The online coach that I had. So the show that I won, again, that's where I, for the first time in my life was properly educated 
um, my first, like the first two shows I did, the experience that I had then was with, you know, um, a coach who just told you what to do. If you questioned it, it was like, it's just because this is what I say, like kind mm. of like, you know, I, I didn't understand even what muscles I was working when I was lifting the weights and things. And it was just, you know, um, just not the greatest experience, but the second coach was an online coach, like a well-known one. And yeah, he reversed me out. Um, I actually did maintain well, um, mm. you know, a year went on before I met my, um, now husband. And at that point, it's funny. Cause I probably was up 10 pounds from the stage and like body dysmorphia is so real after being like on stage. I think for so many, I have posts that I can see now, like if I look back where I'm kind of almost apologizing to my audience about my fluffy stage and I'm embracing this post competition life. And I'm looking at these photos and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, could you be quiet, Carrie? Right. Like I'm looking at these and I'm laughing and I'm like, Oh, you sweet thing. Like you are, you have no body fat pretty much at all. But you know, when you're stage lean, everything else feels fluffy. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I maintained pretty well. Like he, he taught me, you know, how like, I don't want to say hold me hold me accountable, but I obviously had him to check in with. Um, I just because I wasn't so restricted. Um, obviously, my calories were, but I was already eating all the foods that I enjoyed. Um, it wasn't so hard to maintain afterwards. But I think because I had just spent three or four years of my life so focused on being lean and dieting. And even even when you're maintaining, I was still tracking. I was still very like focused. That when I got pregnant. Um, you know, add in hormones, add in everything else. It just, I didn't have any of the skills um, needed to, you know, navigate that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The body dysmorphia affects, I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether you know it or not. Um, I think it's hard. Like, I think it's just hard to look in the mirror and then look online. And I think social media has made it so much worse because we just don't get a realistic representation of what people actually look like, you know, um, even the people who are the the biggest fitness influencers, like, I don't think people realize the amount of airbrushing and photoshopping and, you know, manipulating in the light that happens. Um, when you see some of these people, and then when you see people who are like just normal people working out online, you see like all those comments start flooding in of like, um, well, why, why are we taking advice from that guy who looks so skinny and small? It's like, that's what a normal person looks like, you know? Um, so I think it's hard because it gives us this, this sense that we're just, we're never good enough, you know? Um, and it's funny because you almost need something like that moment where you saw your picture to realize like how ridiculous you're being. I like, I think for a while I was like, I always felt like I had like a little bit of a, too much of a belly, you know? even though it's like, I've always been pretty thin since my, since college. And it was a ridiculous thought, but like, I always just felt like it was like, I I could just lose a little bit more, you know? Um, and then I finally got a DEXA scan because I was like, I just want to know, you know, screw it. It's not, it's not that much at a at a local college. I'm just going to figure it out. And it came back and they're like, Hey man, you're 13%. And I sat there and I was like, okay, that's not, you know, it's not like a bodybuilder percent, but I was like, that's me that's pretty lean. And I was like, in my head, I was like, Oh, they're going to say like you're 17, 18 for whatever reason. And then like, and instantly, as soon as I heard that, it just flipped everything. Like I was like, I gotta go in a bulk, <laughs> you know, like I gotta, I gotta go build some muscle, but it was like, it almost, it was, it's weird. Cause I think from that second, like I went home and I literally looked in the mirror and I just saw something different. Like I finally like realized you, it, dude, you're pretty lean. You, you got to go the other way now. And and I think for years, like I was driving myself crazy, trying to lose more fat, trying to lose more weight. And I was just fighting an uphill battle because it's, uh, I was just at a point where like it, to lose more weight at that body fat, like you are going to start dealing with some of those mental effects. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I can say like when I was postpartum, I, you know, set out to lose maybe one pound a week ish. And I would take breaks when I needed, like it was a very, um, compassion based, like just, you know, I was just trying to be kind to myself and celebrate every, every stage, you know, I wasn't trying to get to the end point. Um, you know, I'd set that intention and 
there were periods during like that um, weight loss journey where, you know, I was probably 50 pounds more than I was on stage, you know, maybe more than that. Um, and I was more confident than I was yeah. and happier in my body than I was in those pictures of me when I was 10 pounds up from the stage, you know, just that perspective of like, again, just, you know, learning to appreciate your body for being more than, you know, just a body that, look, you know what I mean? Just for its looks, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, started to just dress according to where, at whatever stage my body was at, you know, and, uh, instead of like saving all my clothes for like the end, I got rid of everything that didn't fit. And I was like, I'll just get new stuff, you mm. know, right there. And it was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Like looking back at that, how you can put two pictures, one where someone would probably think I'd be mortified in my body, you know, and that's the mm -hmm. one that's happier. And yeah. Well, it's such an interesting point that you bring up that, you know, I just, I think as we look at our bodies in general, like there's, there's very much still, the side of get as lean as you possibly can, right? Like lose weight. It's all about dieting. Just like keep losing, keep losing, get small, get thin. And then like, you kind of have like the polar opposite. That's like, it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter what size, what, what size you are. Like you're always going to look beautiful, like all those things. And there's like this messy middle where it's, it's kind of, it's kind of both, but in, in a different way where like, I think it's just the scale is not an accurate reflection of not even necessarily your health, like surely your health, but also the way your body actually looks. Like, I think we just have this perception in our head that the smaller you are, the better you're going to look, the more, you know, the more cut you're going to be and toned and all these things. And the reality is, is that when you allow yourself to maybe weigh a little bit more than what you're used to or what you think you're supposed to be, right? Like, I think everyone thinks of that as like, everyone thinks of that as like a mental health benefit that it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to care about my weight and maybe I'll get, I'll be a little bit fluffier, but who cares? Like I'll be happier. But I think that we're kind of missing the point that it's like, no, you might be physically healthier, right? Like if you put on a little bit more muscle, everyone's always trying to lose fat, but no one cares about building muscle. Right? So it's like, if you put on 10 pounds of muscle, instead of worrying about fat loss that you've been chasing for 20 years, right? Your body fat's going to be lower. Your body fat percent is going to be lower and you're going to actually look leaner. You're going to look healthier. And I think that's, that's the piece that's like missing is we get in this like big debate of whether metabolic adaptation exists and starvation mode and like, Oh, you can't lose fat because you're under eating. And I think it's like kind of like, maybe we need to shift the conversation that, maybe you just need to build some more muscle and weigh a little bit more and be, and be okay with that. Cause you're going to feel a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a hard thing to try and explain because people come, you know, so, so focused on the scale. Um, you know, I think I had an application, um, you know, is like last year where like the only goal, um, that this potential client had was to weigh this exact number for the rest of her life that was like the goal. And I was like, well, you know, obviously honest, like, you know, I like to dive into that. It's like, okay, why is this so important to you? Like, what's, you know, why, why is this number significant? You know? And then, you know, you try and explain that, mm -hmm. you know, it's a sliding scale, even when you're maintaining, like you're not, you're never going to be one number, right? Like it fluctuates all the time, um, yeah. you know, to try and do so in a way where, you don't sound like you're just like, you know, talking down or saying, Oh, no, it's a stupid goal or anything like that. But you know, getting to the root, the root of it, like, why is that number so important to you? What's like, what's holding you on to that, right? And, you know, it's tough, because I think so many people are so fearful of the scale. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I was stage lean now, um, I would suspect I am probably a good 15, 20 pounds heavier than I would have been back then, because I've mm -hmm. been building for years and years, like eating, I like, I'm only in a deficit now for like the first time in like a year and a half, um, yeah. kind of bulking. Um, you know, and I always say that like most people would never look at me and guess like my weight now I'm very dense with muscle and it's something I'm very proud of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, well, that's the thing, right. Is the fittest people you see the ones that you, you believe like, Oh, look how toned they look. Right way, way more than you think, mm -hmm. you know, um, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
but so, so then, so then going back to then you got pregnant Mm -hmm. and you said you gained 70 pounds, right? Yes. And then you lost it again. So going back, you kind of mentioned how you learned from the first time. So what were like, what would you say were the biggest differences then of how you lost weight the second time versus the first time? Well, the second time, um, my goal, like, and I think my why was more from a place of wanting to feel my best, you know, wanting to look my best, feel my best. Um, I wanted to set a good example for my son as far as, you know, eating balanced meals, just, you know, just being more intentional with going out and getting steps done. You know, I was going out with him in the baby carrier and, um, it was just so much more about all of, like total wellness, I guess. And like mm-hmm. just living a lifestyle that was sustainable. I was really trying to figure out who I was. I mean, as a mother, like, you know, I became a new person. Um, the first time was really when I lost weight in the bodybuilding world was just obviously to get on a stage to compete. And I think, you know, in some ways, you know, I look back and I'm like, maybe I was trying to like prove a point to like everyone I went to high school with or whatever. Like, you know, there was just that, it was like more external motivation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time it was just much more of a, um, you know, internal motivation, intrinsic motivation. And, uh, yeah, I was just gentler. I didn't have a set timeline. It was more, you know, planned out. I'd asked my husband for like support. It's like, what can we do? And I mean, he's still so supportive. You know, if I'm in a phase like that, most of the time he'll time his, you know, he'll do like a mini cut so he can see his muscle and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. You know, he's ginormous and thinks like he'll forever think he's small. It's like, the whole <laughs> you know, he's, it's hilarious, but, yep. but yeah, it was just, um, it was relaxed. You know, there was no foods off limits. We would intentionally plan date nights, you know, where I would just be more flexible with like having, you know, the, it was like one date a month where we had like a no tracking day or something where I would just go out. Like it was just, it was just enjoyable. Um, and I think it took me two years to lose it. Um, okay. it didn't happen overnight, nor did I care that it did, you know, um, I said, I went through phases if it wasn't the right time or if my son wasn't sleeping or whatever, like Mm -hmm. I would focus on walking or trying to get a nap, you know, whatever it was, (laughs) whatever I had that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, did you, so during that time then, did you actually track and like plan out a deficit and and all those? Yes. Um, trying to think who I worked with at that point. I've hired different coaches over the years, just Mm -hmm. that's how I learned the best. Um, I always figure, you know, if they've gone and done the education that I want, like, or certain extra courses or whatever, I'll just hire them. Um, Postpartum, I think I was working at that point with Jordan Lips. Um, He still does my programming. Um, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, we, you know, set, I think I did the beginning by myself. I set myself a really reasonable deficit. Um, I think mm-hmm. at that point I was eating like 2000 calories a day. I just want, I didn't care if it was half a pound a week at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, and just made a goal to get out and walk three times a week. Um, I had a C-section, so I really wasn't back in the gym until five months postpartum. Um, because when I tried to go back in, my body was like, nah, like <laughs> it's like, you're not, I had no balance. I mean, I was powerlifting before I had my child and I couldn't even do a reverse lunge body weight without um feeling like I was gonna fall over. And I was wow. like, hey, we're starting from square one. You know, and it was humbling. Yeah. 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 Well it sounds very different. So I'm definitely I'm very happy that you found it the the second time a, a better way, more sustainable way, it sounds like. I mean that's the it's it's the crazy thing I think with just fitness and dieting in general is that we we're like, we're so focused on finding the magic answer, right? That we blindly follow these protocols and yet we never ask if we're actually feeling better. Exactly. Right. Like we're dieting. If you all right, if you, if you're losing weight and you're dieting, you're going to feel a little bit hungry. Like that's, you know, if you don't feel hungry, you're probably not in a deficit. <laughs> so 
exactly. When people, when people like try to advertise these things of like lose all this weight and, and never feel hungry. It's like, that's not really true. They're just trying to, they're trying to, to sell you a little bit. You're like, you're going to feel a little bit hungry. You're going to feel a little bit tired. You're going to probably think about food a little bit more. Um, and all those things are normal. You know, like that's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's going to stop as soon as you eat. Um, but there's a difference between that and like being exhausted, right? And having your, your digestion feels terrible and you don't want to do anything and you're just constantly fixated on food. Like that's, that's not normal. And, and I think that's, that's important because a lot of people don't even, they're not even strategically going into a deficit where they're like working with somebody you know, saying, this is my calories. I'm going to try to hit this. All right. Did I hit it? Did my weight go down? No. Okay, cool. Let's adjust. Right. Like there's, it's a strategic way to do it. They're following some random Joe Schmo who's standing in a grocery aisle telling you to never eat this specific ingredient again, because it's going to kill you. Right. Yeah. And, and they're, and they're trying to do these things. They're going, they're driving themselves crazy and they're not even losing weight, but they feel like shit. And the same thing with exercise, right? It's like we do all these exercises because we're supposed to burn as many calories as we can. Everybody thinks, and like the more, you know, no pain, no gain, and the sweater, sweatier you are, the better. And it's like you're, you literally only have energy inside the gym, but no energy the rest of the day. And we think that we're supposed to do these things because they're healthy. But the reality is like the things that are actually healthy for you make you feel good. Like there's, there's a reason why it's sustainable is because you feel better when you do them. And that's, that's what I feel like we've have so backwards with the way we think about fitness in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And it's like so many people mentally diet, you know, it's like, you're doing all these things mm. and like, you're, you're exhausting, like your, your, your mental health there too. You know, if you're not actually in a calorie deficit, if you're not actually doing things like to actually like lose fat, but you're just so preoccupied by what foods you should or shouldn't be eating, or is this going to kill me? Or is this like, you know, oh, I need to do this exact workout because this person does it, or I need to burn off all my calories and go to the gym. Like it's, it's awful. Like, I mean, even yeah. if you we're losing weight, what kind of life is that? Right. And it's, you know, I had, I had someone ask me the other day in Instagram, um, I think it was about carbs. Like, oh, isn't that because I shared a picture of my dinner and like, oh, isn't that a carb? And I was like, yeah, you know. And it's like, don't they kill you faster, like age you faster or something? Yeah. Um, you know. And I asked, I kind of turned it around, and I was like, well, what do you think about that? And she's like, well, I mean, you know, um, the Asian population typically eats them all the time and look younger than most people. I'm like well, what do you think? And she's like, I think that this is probably like a BS claim. I'm like, <laughs> most people actually think about this stuff and go through it. Like, yes, can see it for what it is. But I, I, I replied and I was like, I think the stress about worrying about carbs is going to age you faster than the carbs themselves, which yeah. I don't know where that claim came from. But I mean, you know, this yeah. is everything kind of is going to kill you or age you, whether it's a vegetable or <laughs> chicken or fruit or whatever. Yeah. I mean, carbs, you know, there's this whole thing, like, like there's just, there's so many things that get demonized and foods and ingredients. And it's almost like we, we allow that because we want it. Like we want that. We want the solution to be that easy, right? If we just avoid that food, we'll be perfectly healthy the rest of our lives. And it's just not that easy. So we drive ourselves crazy, but like we never stop and question whether it's, whether it makes sense or not, you know, unless it's like an outlandish claim. Like, I mean, I, I think, I don't think too many people fall for liver King. Right. But um, it's, but the, but the carb one, you know, like same thing. I, I feel like that's such a common question still. And it's like to, to, to like even understand how crazy it is. Like I would recommend most people to eat 30 to 50% of their diet coming from carbs. And we have people believing they should eat none, know. you know, and like, and nothing like if you, you know, if keto works for you and you, and you found benefit from it, then great. You know, like there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone who lives that lifestyle, but to think it's because like you shouldn't eat carbs because they're going to kill you. 
is like fundamentally what's wrong with the whole wellness culture that we have today. Like it's, it's just so crazy. And then we, like, like you said, when you think about it, one of the healthiest populations in the world eats bowls of rice every single day, mm-hmm. right? Like bowls of it. Rice, noodles, all that stuff, right? I mean, it's the most delicious food in the world. Yeah. Right. In my opinion. Um, with some of the, with some of the lowest obesity rates, with some of the lowest cardiovascular disease rates and, and some of the longest longevity. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like, there's the logic right there. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. You know, and I think it doesn't, I mean, I'd love to see the day where, you know, it's no longer demonized, but I mean, there's money in it, right? It's like being that person going against what everyone else is saying, like, oh, you know, I've got the secret and all this, like, there's money in that. So it's like, you just got to be a really smart consumer on social media, right? And I mean, at one point I came home, this is before the bodybuilding days when I was still in my up and down phase, like where my dad, I lived with my dad and he's like, where's our microwave? And I was like, microwaves kill. And yeah, I was like, I also got rid of everything in the house that's not organic, including mm-hmm. my makeup, including clothing. Like I went down a rabbit hole. I was in that phase where I was just like, you know, everything at that point, I think had to be paleo and organic. And yeah, yeah I was coconut oil on everything and like, I did not lose weight at that point. Let's just say that, um, yeah. you know, and uh, it's funny. He never did replace that microwave. I think he figured that out on his own, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy what you can end up falling for. You know, obviously I, I don't have that mindset anymore, but that was just when I was very easily influenced by anything I saw online in a magazine. You know, I saw it and I was like, oh, that must be true. Yeah, it's uh, isn't it incredible? I still laugh at the fact that I was able to be convinced that coconut sugar is somehow different than white sugar. Like it's, they're literally both sugar. It is like, that is so crazy to me that I could sit there and be like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So let me take that note. Which one's the healthy one? Oh, coconut sugar. As long as it comes from coconuts, it's okay. I had coconut sugar and like agave were like the only thing <laughs> at that point. And I'm just like, it's literally the same thing. Yes. Like yes. the same, like brown sugar, white sugar, same. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's, I think what's so hard is, so it's funny because I had this conversation with a client today about, she brought up just randomly, like about her joints have been aching the last like year or so. And, um, her acupuncturist and her functional doctor told her about gluten and how, how it's, it causes inflammation and it makes your joints hurt. And, you know, I tried to have the conversation of like, yes, if you're sensitive to gluten, which the most we've really had studies on is that like 6% of people are sensitive. 94% are not, you know, 1% is actually celiac. Yeah. You, you, you should not touch gluten ever. And for most people, it seems to not cause really any issues. And, and then there was the, and then the conversation went into like, well, yeah. So then what they said was, it's probably not the gluten itself, but it's the, it's the roundup that's sprayed on it. Right. And, and, and that that's the devil that causes it. And, and then it's like, you have the same conversation of, well, you know, like the studies, the studies show that organic food isn't really have many health implications compared to conventional food. And like, and I think like, remember too, if it's organic, that does not mean that it doesn't have pesticides on it. It means it has all natural pesticides on it. Both of them have pesticides. Like that's, that's how farmers are able to actually grow these crops. And from everything that we know, everything that we've seen is that the levels of these in the foods just are not substantial enough to cause any kind of damage. Now, like that being said, does that mean that one day we won't find out the opposite? You know, if, if we have some studies and maybe in some foods that they, you, you know, we'll, we'll learn some things in the future, like that's totally possible. And, and so I think that if you can afford it and you will say like, Hey, it's my personal choice. And I just, I just want to choose to buy organic. I like the taste better. It makes me feel more comfortable. You know, all those things, like that's fine. I, th- I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I would never discourage you. I still buy a lot of organic food. You know, some of that is by choice. Some of that is like just residual fear that I had from my clean eating days. Um, 
but I'm not going to shame somebody for not doing it. And I think that's where it comes down to is like, we can't make people fear that if they eat these other foods there, it's a death sentence when we just don't have the studies to back it up yet, you know? Yeah. So that's the hard part. Yeah. Do you find it hard? I know for me, um, you know, speaking of like all these things, like whether it's fear of carbs or fear of, um, you know, inorganic foods, or I think most importantly, like what, if a doctor is telling your client something like, how do you, um, like, how do you handle that? Um, you know, it's tough, right. As a coach, because you, we're not here to tell our clients what to do. Right. Firsthand. I know that that was my first experience. Right. And it's not, um, it's not great, you know, and it's like, sometimes you just have to be that coach that allows them to experience it, I guess. And, you know, yeah. I mean, ultimately it comes down to, from my perspective, like what is the ultimate goal for them and how much, what is, what is worth me pushing back on? Right. Like, and, and if I don't push back, what's the consequences of it? So like if someone, you know, if someone comes to me and says, I want to lose weight, I want to go in a calorie deficit and I want to lose 20 pounds in the next three weeks. Like I'm going to blatantly tell them that's a terrible idea, yeah. you know, and here's why. And it's, and if you don't, you know, if, if you want to go find someone else, cause I'm sure somebody will do it. I'll, I'm sure someone will take your money, like totally get it. I'm not doing that, you know? Um, unless you're like a, a boxer cutting weight, right? Absolutely. Um, but, but if you're, if you're someone, you know, like, Hey, like I want to get healthier. I want to, um, I want to lose some fat. I want to build some muscle. Cool. Let's focus on the things that will make that happen to me. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to eat specifically, like what foods, right? And if you ask, I'll give my opinion, you know, like, Oh, here's what I would do to fill up your carbs or here's what I would do to get more protein in the morning, but I'm not going to go through and, and sift through and be like, Hey, why aren't you eating gluten? You know, is, is that a, is that a fear that you have? Like it's their personal preference. And if, if that's a choice that they make, and if they ask me, you know, cause sometimes they'll get curious. They're like, Hey, by the way, like, what do you think about gluten? You know, or what do you think about seed oils? Um, and I'll tell them my opinion, but it is totally up to them what they, what they do with that. Right. Uh, cause I think to your point, when, when I was feeling like that, when I was trying to read the ingredient labels of every single food and avoiding anything that said canola oil and all that, I don't think anyone was going to change my mind at that point. Right. And if, and if they tried to, I probably would have pushed them further away because I didn't want to hear the opposite, you know? So I think it ultimately is like, is it, is it bad to avoid those foods? Maybe not. Like maybe, maybe they're totally fine. I think it depends like how, how obsessed you are, right? Like if you just buy a bunch of gluten-free pasta, who cares? Right. But if you're like, I can't go to dinners with my family to this restaurant because nothing they have is gluten-free and you've never been tested and you've never been confirmed that you have a gluten sensitivity. Okay. Like this, this is probably starting to affect the quality of your life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I see it. I see it all the time. Um, you know, clients who have been told that they have inflammation and it's just very generic. Um, you know, some will have been given a list of 20 foods they have to stop eating. Um, Mm. you know, I had a doctor tell a client once that, um, who was perimenopausal that she had to start fasting and and removing carbs and i was like she's already having a hard time sleeping her hormones are already like all over the place right that's this is probably the worst advice but you know it's as much as sometimes you want to scream like no your doctor's full of bs you know things like that like it's it's, you know it's it's my job to say like well how do you feel about that like you know do you have any questions about that that i can answer for you um you know, I may not be a doctor, but like I can even lead you to certain resources. Um, you know, I have certain podcasts, things like that, that may enlighten you on this subject more so you can make a better decision, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is tough because I mean, you know, what you what you initially probably want to say, you know, you want to bite your tongue um, because, you know, I know for me, at least like going back then, like if someone told me, when I threw my microwave out that like microwaves are fine. It's not probably not going to kill me and stuff. 
I, I wouldn't have believed them. Yeah. Right. Like unless someone kind of talked me through it, I guess, um, or let me come to the decision myself. Um, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a tough aspect of coaching because you, you see it everywhere, right? Like you get, whether it's, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not against, um, naturopaths or anything, but like sometimes you'll get, you know, some crazy advice or, you know, um, functional nutritionists or whatever. Um, and then some doctors that may just give something that, you know, sure, maybe great, but may not be necessary. It's like we said with like yeah. science, like that extreme end, like the minuscule things, like, you know, they're stepping over $20 bills to pick up pennies kind of stuff, you know, that's, that's, that's the ultimate thing. Like, I think it's, it's not even the fact that it matters if they worry about these things. I think it's just that people ignore the big bricks and they worry about these small nuances that are like the cherry on top that just don't matter really in the grand scheme of things. If you're eating half the protein that you should be right. Exactly. <laughs> or if you're, if you're eating 70% like packaged foods, like there's, there's some bigger things to be worrying about that it's, you don't need to be perfect with any of it, but I think it's, it's worth examining. And I think that if someone comes, there's a difference if like, they're saying that they avoided an ingredient versus if they're feeling symptoms that I know is probably caused by a lack of a macronutrient, right? Like those are very different things. And that's when I will probably step in. Um, the amount of people I've, I have convinced to eat more carbs and magically saw them improve their energy levels and their sleep and their stress within like two weeks. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredible. You know, it's almost like, like I, I, I think protein for sure. I think we all see that as, is usually people are under eating it and we all know the benefits of, of getting more of that. So that's kind of like a no brainer. I, I feel like that's typically a really easy one. And most people come and already know they're probably, they probably need more protein and they, and they probably know why they need more protein. Um, carbohydrates is one that I usually, it's almost like, it's funny because it's almost like the easiest sell. It's like they, it's like they're waiting for someone to tell them that it's okay to eat them. You know? true. Um, and then as soon as we figure, you know, like they, it's always the same thing. My energy levels are low, but they work out like five days a week, right? Their sleep is awful. They wait, they feel tired and wired at night. They're stressed all the time. And it's like, and then they're eating like a hundred grams of carbs or less. And as soon as you put it back in, you see all those improve. Um, and then fats, I don't see, I don't see low fats that often. Um, but you know, if you're seeing someone like they feel like they've got a lot of hormonal issues, they're immune, you know, they're getting sick all the time. Um, maybe they've mentioned that something about being like low fat in, in the past. Some of those things I think you, you probably want to look at it and say like, Hey, are you getting enough healthy fats in your diet? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just such a big proponent of adding foods to your diet, right. That you need, um, rather than like looking and saying like, what do we cut out? Yeah. Big time. I mean, that your the mindset around that is just, I mean, it's been proven that like having that abundance mindset, like what am I adding to my life? Right. Instead of like restricting, like it shows much better results, you know, and a much more enjoyable journey. Um, you know, it's like the first thing I do with clients. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to change anything about your diet. I like, and a lot of the time I get them to track for the first three weeks and I tell them right off the bat, um, I'm not coming here to take your food away, but we're going to add some stuff in, you mm. know, um, right from the beginning, um, by default, you know, some of the foods that may be contributing to like the higher calories are, you know, going to come down anyways. Like we might tweak yeah. some portions, but you know, um, it's just, yeah, definitely a much better experience for everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the easiest trick for any trainer and for anyone that's honestly just trying to, to lose weight or even just get healthier, like just focus on adding foods, add in protein, add in whole foods, add in fiber, drink more water. And what's going to happen. You're going to eat less of the other stuff just naturally. Right. But it's going to feel so much easier. You had a great post about this, like a couple of weeks ago, just kind of, I think it was like you compared two different posts and the way that they, the way that they just described almost the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was basically like, yeah, eat all, like add all these things to your diet, but one talked about like, but don't eat these things. Right. And the other person basically just didn't care about that. It was just like, Hey, just eat more of these things in your diet. Um, and I love how you compare those two things. Cause I think the difference is so 
so impactful on what it actually does to human behavior. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mindset's everything. Like that's probably my biggest passion, um, you know, is chatting about mindset and, uh, you know, just addressing that with my clients because like without it, um, you know, if you don't believe you can change, like you're not going to change, you know, and if you believe that you have to restrict food for the rest of your life or whatever, you know, you're going to live with that belief for the rest of your life. Like it's, uh, you know, you really have to start there first and then everything else falls into place. Right. And that's something I wish I knew when I started. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, thankful enough, we have the education now, you know, to be able to help clients with that too. Yeah. And it's, I think the hardest thing to communicate is like, it's just the nuance right within nutrition. Cause I think we, we want this list of good or bad, but the reality is it's kind of more or less, you know, like there's not, there's nothing wrong with eating some ultra processed foods and Oreos and cheeseburgers and that sometimes you just probably don't want it to be like over half your diet, Yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, and, and I think that we, we go to these extremes that's like, it has to be this or the other when the reality is like, you just got to look at like your overall diet for like a month's time frame, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then make tweaks to it based off of what giant things are you noticing? You know, like I'll, I'll literally track my food in, in chronometer. Um, and I love that one. Cause it's like, it's just so easy to see like all your micro and macronutrients and the vitamins and the minerals. And like, I'll just see like, is there any vitamin that or mineral that I'm eating like 50% of what I should be. Right. Okay. Maybe I should throw in some foods there. I did that the other day where I was like, Oh, my magnesium's really low. You know, everything else was like pretty spot on. My magnesium was low. Add in two scoops of hemp seeds. And that's like literally like half, half the recommended intake you need. But those, those little things is, you know, that's because I've, I've done the other stuff of like, okay, is my protein good? Yeah. Am I eating enough carbohydrates? Am I eating enough healthy fats? Like all that stuff had to come first before I ever worried about like, well, you know, all, all those other things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and it's so many people will end up starting there, you know, focusing on these little tiny things like, oh, you know, I'm eating too many sugars and all this. And it's like, just focus on the big rocks first, you know, and mm-hmm. usually as soon as you give like a, you know, a calorie range to eat in and, and protein, like everything else usually falls into place, right? Like I, I will typically pay more attention to, you know, just making sure they're getting enough fats and stuff and, you know, check in on the fiber and everything. But I mean, from there, like the carbs just usually fall into place yeah. as long as they're not purposely restricting them. Right. But yes, but yeah, yes. no, it's like most people start where you're at right now, you know, checking magnesium and like, and some of these apps don't help. I mean, I like chronometer. Um, mm-hmm my fitness pal was like the worst because it would just like notify like being like, Oh, you're over your sugar. You're over this. I'm yeah. panicking. And it's like, Oh, turn these notifications off. Right. Like it's just a, it's like, it's just a computer. Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Plus once they started charging for the barcode, I just, <laughs> I, I can, I cannot stand that. Yeah, no, to pay for the barcode plus for like a food database that has like a million different options that aren't, you know, most of them aren't accurate. It's yeah, like, yeah no, I'm yeah. on the chronometer for sure. But that is, you know, I like to your point, if you're, if you literally just said, okay, I'm going to make sure I eat an appropriate amount of calories and live at a pretty healthy weight, mm-hmm. you know, and just eat enough protein so that I'm, I'm, I'm prioritizing muscle for my body, make sure I'm eating the recommended amount of fiber and then get like 70% of my meals from whole foods, you know, make sure I'm eating veggies and fruits and you know, quality lean meats and whole grains, just like just a, a varied diet, you know, and walk every day and do some strength training, sleep and reduce stress. Like if you did just that, you'd probably not never had to worry about anything again for the most part, you know, um, and you can do more, you can get more advanced, you can get dialed in and you can do a bodybuilding show if you want, or, or a power lifting meet, you know, you could do all those things, but you don't have to do really much more than, than those things I just said. It's the boring stuff that leads to like the best life. You know, it's like, if you yeah. go to an extreme in one way, like you go for it. I mean, you yeah. know, compete again, but I am thankful. I, I, you know, I dabbled in that, but, uh, 
but yeah, it's like the boring stuff makes the biggest impact. And you realize, you know, cause there's, there's another thing with that is you realize that once you start doing those things, that there's no need to actually ditch your favorite foods either. Yeah. Um, I think it was, maybe it was at that same post, but I think you talked about kind of just the idea. And I, I do this all the time. Like I love this where it's, you don't have to replace the pizza with like a giant salad. It's why don't you have a salad and then maybe like a, a piece of protein and then a slice or two of pizza on the side, right? Like yeah. add it to the plate. Yes. And you'll, what you'll notice is like, you actually have more energy after because those things balance out your blood sugar so that you're not having this, this crazy energy spike and crash. And then you're getting, you're getting the foods that you love. Like there's no reason you can't eat any of those and any time. And like, honestly, you can eat them pretty much every week yeah. <laughs> realistically. Yeah. So I, I love too to how you've said, um, I love to just kind of like touch on this for, for a minute, just like the idea of shaming with food. Cause this is like, this is so prevalent in the fitness space. And this is how so many people communicate health advice, you know, is they come from this like shame approach. So why do you think that is, and why do you think it's a terrible way to motivate someone? Oh, well, why that is, um, I, I mean, I guess if you coming from experience, like, I feel like people just don't know better. Like I, Honestly, like I've sat and thought about this before because at first I used to get so angry at our industry. Like I would see people and be like, like, are you purposely waking up trying to like destroy someone's life with this crazy information? Like I, you know, I have a strong like um, sensitivity to injustice and it used to drive me nuts. And, you know, I try and sit and think on it. And I truly believe that like most of the people out there that are giving this advice, you know, I've, I've had conversations with like nutritionists who you know, advise their clients to only eat foods that our ancestors would eat and things like this. Um, Mm -hmm. I truly think they're coming from a well-meaning place. Sometimes I wonder if whether it's a, their certifying body is teaching them this stuff um, or they just learned it from, I don't know, another coach, like the first one I had and they're like, it worked for me. I think that is probably the biggest thing. It's like, it worked for me. I did this extreme thing. Like, you know, sure. Like there may be some people who still eat, you know, egg whites, tilapia, like, you know, the whole bodybuilding diet Mm -hmm. are coaches now that are preaching this to someone else. And it's like, it worked for you. Yes. But are you telling your client the sacrifices that came along with this? Like, do you think that your client actually wants to live the lifestyle you do? Right. You're, you're home cooking chicken. Like, every single night, you know, you're carrying a cooler with you of all your meals with you every day. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't go out or when you do, you have like a cheat meal. And anyways, like it's, I think that people more often than not will just pass on whatever information worked for them. Um, I definitely started that way when I was coaching. I don't know. I'd already been flexible dieting, but like, you know, at that point it was like, you have to track macros. Like there is no other way, you know, despite mm-hmm. being precision sort of like nutrition certified and all that. Like at that point I was like, macros allowed me to eat more flexibly. I also lost like a ton of weight doing this. You have to do it. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, that's probably where it comes from and why it's not a great approach. Like, you know, especially when it comes to like restriction um, or shaming what people are eating, like you said, like, you know, telling someone they're eating like a toddler or whatnot, um, is that like the brain doesn't respond well to that. I mean, who wants to hear that, right? Like you, you respond to praise. And if you tell someone not to eat something, they're only going to think about it more You mm-hmm. know, on a silver platter. It's making it a shiny object. And then when they do eat it, they're going to feel guilty. And what do people do when they feel guilty? They turn to food and then the all or nothing mindset kicks in and it's like, I've already messed up today. So I'm going to start over on Monday and you know, it just, it spirals out of control, right? For many people. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I, I think you're, I think you're definitely right that a lot of people, they do whatever worked for them. Right. And, and I think that's the hard part is like some people are totally fine eating tilapia and broccoli every day. Yeah. Like that's just how they live. And that's, that's, 
flashback. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's um, you know, then and there and to them, it's so easy. It's like just do this, just eat this, and I and you'll hear it a lot of like, we put too much emotion into food, we we care too much about like getting pleasure out of food, and then to me, it's like, yeah, because it tastes great. <laughs> like food is awesome. You know, I love cooking. I love I love going out to nice restaurants. I love having meals with the family where like you're celebrating food like it's cultural it's social it's something that we it's like it's been a part of our history for a very long time so to pretend that that's just not real and that we could all just eat like bodybuilders the rest of our life is just unrealistic you know if you like it if you enjoy it then great but i'm not going to tell someone like hey you shouldn't you should just never find enjoyment out of food again like think of it as fuel just eat it get it done move on with your life. Like that's not going to last very long for that person. Right. Um, and, and from their perspective, it just sucks when someone is just constantly nagging on you and telling you, like, I think that people actually believe that these people aren't thinking about this stuff all the time. Like most people know if they're not eating healthy, you know, like it's not, it's not rocket science. Do they know some of the things that you know, maybe they're fixating on the wrong things or they need to change. They don't know how to change it. Sure. Like that's, it's not easy. It's just because it's simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but I think a lot of people walk around and like, they wish that they could change how they eat. They wish that they could lose a bunch of weight. They're thinking about it all the time. They get, you know, they get stared at when they walk around in public places, like it's on their mind and, and you just bringing it up and bashing it over their head. It's like, you truly believe that you're just making them aware of these things, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating to me that like someone can put themselves in their shoes and be like, yeah, that probably wouldn't want to, I, I'm not going to, no one has ever changed their mind because they got yelled at, you know, you just run further away. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so true. Um, you know, it's like it, as a coach, like it's your job to, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, you know, you want to step back and do what's best for the client, even though you may think like, you know what, tracking is going to make your life so much easier because you're going to be able to eat this. Like you're seeing this big picture, but for them, like, you know, maybe they have a really high stress, like high stress job and they're really busy. And like that thought of adding something onto their plates too much. Right. Um, you know, I'm using this as an example, but like, it's your job as a coach to, identify what's manageable for your client, like what trade-offs are worthwhile, right? I had this conversation with a client today who was, you know, a little bit, um, I don't want to say concerned, but, you know, just a little bummed about the rate of her weight loss, which she's doing amazing, half a pound a week, you know, um, and this is with her having some days where she hasn't really tracked, you know, she's been eating probably a hundred calories more than what I've given her on average, um, which isn't huge, but it's still, yeah. you know, it's been more loosey goosey. Her protein hasn't been perfect. And I said to her today, I was like, you know, the progress you're making is incredible considering like the trade-offs. It's been a little bit more, you know, Hey, I'm still going to go for dinner and planning, but like, I'm, you know, I'm just giving myself this grace, but I was like, you're still losing weight. So is the trade-off of putting more planning into your day and, you know, maybe eating out of it less and everything worthwhile, you picking up the pace and losing, you know, one to two pounds a week, you know, and it's your job as a coach to like weigh out the two scenarios and then, mm -hmm. you know, not be the one telling the client, like, you know, you have to eat this more and like, you, you've got to stop doing this. And like, oh my gosh, you went out for dinner again. Like, you know, I told you last time you're not supposed to have beer or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it doesn't work that way. We're not, parents right like we're we're coaches we're like let's say like a gps system like they're the driver you're here to like weigh out air which route you want to take mm -hmm. you know, let's chat yeah. about it more if you want to but um you know it's taken me a while to get to this point like as a coach you know when i first started again i was the one who's like here's your macro numbers you know the check-in oh you didn't hit them how about you hit them next week here's the <laughs> sources like what's wrong with you? It's easy. It's like just playing Tetris and yeah. you know, to the average person, like we have a curse of knowledge. Right. And, uh, you just got to meet people where they're at. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Well, I appreciate having you on Carrie. Is there anything else that, um, you know, you want to say to people if they are 
stuck on a diet journey or, you know, trying to fixating on some of the things that maybe not that as important or, you know, maybe even just starting their journey, what would you say to them? Ah, oh, that's a good one. Um, let's go with starting their journey. Just like narrow it down my thoughts here. Um, starting your journey, I think it's so important from the get-go to one, manage your expectations, like right from jump. Understand that like, you know, half a pound of, of half a pound of weight lost per week is, you know, great progress. Like, you know, understand how the scale works right from the beginning. Understand that in order to achieve X, Y, Z, you know, you're going to need to um, do X, Y, Z. You know, you're going to need to increase your steps. You're probably going to need to, you know, just be a little more intentional about making sure you have protein stocked, you know, being like a little bit more like planning more with your meals. And I think also identifying like, Hey, is this a good time for me? You know, I said, I've been, I've been bulking for like a year and a half. Um, every time that I've thought I might want to go into a cutting phase, the second I started, I was like, this is not a good time. I am launching a new program. I am doing something else. Like, it's just not something that I want to focus on right now. So is this a good time? And if it's not, what can I do right now to build the skills needed to make that phase when I go into like a fat loss phase or whatever easier for myself? Mm. You know, and I think asking yourself, like, how can I make this easier for that future version of me? You know, how can I make tomorrow me's life easier? That's something that I still do to this day. Um, it's tough, but I think it's also important to know that, like, feeling resistant towards change is normal. It's a sign that you're growing. Um, it's a good thing. Lean into it. It's not meant to be easy. If it was, everyone would be doing it. You're capable of hard things and mistakes are the best way to learn how to, do, how to do things, you know, the right way. So like, don't think you're a failure because, Hey man, I've done, I've probably failed in a hundred different ways of different diets I've done in my life. So um, just take it from me. You just got to keep going. Very well said. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.